Good morning and welcome. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Sarah, I know this is not car-related stuff, but do you know what happened with the Marionville football team? Didn't they go to state champs? And? Did they win? Yeah! Hey, congratulations! Yeah, I got a freshman on the team, so... <gasps> oh, you do? Did he get playing time? No, he oh. didn't. You know, and I kind of thought that. I was like, oh, you know, that kind of stinks, you know, because they won uh, 29 to nothing. Wow, good so for it was, them. It was a great game. And, uh, you know, to the point, I was there with my oldest daughter, and, and she's like, you know, Dad, this is the seniors probably last game so yeah. they want as much playing time as possible you know jonas my boy's got another three years of high school so he's going to get plenty of playing time out right. there so it was just really proud to see the you uh, know how the, fun congratulations yeah. to them yeah well done marionville good job uh republic gave it a heck of a run they were also in the state in i think two or three division two or three um, they played a team out of uh, St. Louis area and held their own very well. They did not come out victorious, but they did a really, really tough job. Boo. Yeah, and then Lamar here locally as well. I think they won their uh, whatever division the Lamar is My goodness, in. we're just in an area of winners. I know it. It was uh, it was an abysmal night for football, I will tell you that. It was at the muse- uh, Mizzou uh, football stadium, so oh, great venue. Nice. Really, really beautiful. Uh, big, big venue for the boys. Um, but it was probably like 34 degrees and drizzle the Ugh, whole time. That's the worst. Yes. It was quite a game, but uh, a lot of folks from Marionville I saw made it up there. A lot of flo- folks from North Platte, that's who they played. They, I think, are in the St. Excuse me, St. Louis area, um, but really just a awesome, awesome event, and I thought it was great that, you know, we got some local boys, you know, bringing the state championship home. Oh, very good. So it had been 20 years, so they won state in 2003, mm. and so it was exactly 20 years since they had won state again. Well, so, that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, so it was a good, uh, a, a great weekend, I guess, for lack of a better way to say it. So he, he starts... Uh, baseball here pretty quick and basketball's already going so football's gone (laughs) tis tis the season of change right it's busy it is very very busy is your holiday season uh stacking up busy it seems like this time of year it is crunch time so we went ahead and we did the vast majority of our christmas shopping oh you overachievers well i (laughs) i get real anxious especially this time of the year i've mentioned this before but not only do I have to worry about Christmas, but my mom's birthday is on the 28th, and then my husband's birthday is on the 30th, wow. and so I am not only Christmas shopping, mm-hmm. I'm birthday shopping as well, <clears throat> yep. and then of course you get all of those just randomly unexpected things pop mm-hmm. up at the end of the year, and then yeah. of course taxes, mm-hmm. and it's just a hot mess at it the is. end of the year. But yeah, no, I tackled some of that Christmas shopping. So nice. That, well done. Yeah, a little weight off of my shoulders there. But I still have uh, plenty of other things to, to do before I can have that just stress-free end of the year. I see a lot of folks kind of go into, I don't know what I would consider. It's not like survival mode, but... You know, people let a lot of things go right now, whether it's car related or house related or life related, just because Christmas and to your point, Mm. so many birthdays in your world are eating up. You know, we all have a certain amount of bandwidth that we have to give. And once we exceed that, then everything kind of gets watered down. And for me, it usually doesn't turn out very well. Everything's kind of half halfway done and not done well. But 
I see folks a lot of times putting things off until after the first year, which is fine. I totally get it. But what I where I see that become a problem, and I've been a uh, I've done this to myself is I put something off, you know, that would have cost me, you know, 50, 60 bucks, even two or 300 bucks. And I put it off and I put it off and I put it off until it catastrophically breaks. And where I could have repaired it for a reasonable amount of money, all of a sudden it's a big deal. You know, I've talked about this a lot over the years that, you know, if you maintain it or you catch it early on in its failure, it's always significantly cheaper to fix it than letting it get worse and worse and then have a catastrophic like stoppage breakdown that hey you cannot operate it anymore and then i have to deal with it on on its terms instead of my terms i hope that makes sense so you know if your car is making a noise that it hadn't made and you're like oh i I need to get into the first of the year uh for instance i see this happen from time to time we do a tremendous amount of brake service i'm very proud of the folks, you know, where instead of just chucking parts at it, you know, a brake inspection and figuring out, A, did your brakes wear out prematurely? Did they warp prematurely? Do you have a pull? Do you have noise, et cetera, et cetera? We have some talent and equipment that I don't know anybody else in Springfield has. And so that's one that if you catch, um, you know, a failing brake system early, it's a few hundred bucks normally. But when you drive it until it starts grinding or the grinding, you know, basically gets to the point where it throws one of the brake pads out. You know, we had a big box truck here a few weeks ago that was drove in and it had chucked one of the brake pads out. So the the driver had driven it with the brakes grinding long enough that the backing plate and the face of the rotor got thin enough and it chucked the brake pad out. And now it's riding on the, the piston of the caliper. And then if you continue it, it will chuck the piston out and then you have no brakes at all. But I bring all that up because by the time we got that vehicle disassembled and whoever had worked on it previously had severely over tightened the lug studs on it enough that it pulled the stopping portion of the lug stud through the backing plate or the hub, if you will, of this box truck so i mean we're dealing with something that hauls commercially hauls for weight and is a bigger two-ton vehicle with a dually on the back of it so i'm bringing all this up because had they come to us when it first started making noise we'd have been probably less than 500 bucks if i had to guess but because they had kept driving it and it ruined not only the rotors and pads which is the first line of defense that'd be your foundation brake failure but they ruined the calipers as well. They severely overheated it enough that it damaged the rubber integrity of the brake hose. So now we're talking about pretty much a full rebuild on the front axle, which, you know, that all those are, are expensive items. By the time I have to replace rotors and pads, calipers, hoses, labor, um, etc., as well as we did a full brake uh, inspection on it. So the rear shoes were decent shape, but because somebody didn't know what they were doing and severely over tightened and broke some of the lug studs and damaged uh, some of the the drum area where all that's kind of press fit on along with the the special um, bud wheels and studs uh, or it may have been Dayton wheels and studs e- either way um, they're special dually double sets of uh, axle studs and lug nuts 
you know, all that added up to several thousand dollars. And this company elected not to fix it. I don't know whether they, you know, are going to try and do a budget fix on it or go to a whole nother rig. But all that happened, this long story tale with uh, Dustin and Sarah today, was had we got there and it hadn't been put off and they quit driving or operating it, we would have had a few hundred dollar repair, they would have been back on the road safely, and they would have continued generating revenue with their vehicle. But because whoever the operator was or whoever the fleet manager or fleet service company, I don't know who had been working on this, this was the first time we had seen it and they had asked us if we had the equipment to deal with smaller box trucks which we do uh, a1 custom car care deals with fleet service um, i'm not talking about like you know dump truck fleet service or anything like that but your passenger car your one ton even maybe up to a two ton uh, box truck box van etc we have the ability in our setting up our facilities because we have a big demand with a lot of people that are going to shops that aren't familiar with fleet service or working on that kind of stuff. They're like, yeah, we could do a brake job on that. And then they end up over torquing the wheels to an extreme amount um, and damaging other components. So um, very quickly before we have to step into a break, at one point in my career, I think I've shared this story a little bit, um, I worked for A1 Custom Car Care when I very first got out of trade school, and I thought every company was like A1 Custom is, and the people that own it and run it and manage it, I thought, well, that's business. Everybody runs businesses the same, and so I was lured away by a competitor to do fleet service. That's what I was doing, and I very quickly found that not every company is created equal. And I had left a company that I was treated and taken very, very good care of to a company that basically wanted to exploit me as a uh, employee, not in any like weird way, but in a way that they were going to not live up to the pay plan that we had talked about, not pay what you know, was agreed on and then, you know, work you seven days a week whenever it was convenient for them and not want to compensate you for that. So I have a fleet service background. Uh, I did it for a good amount of time, as well as I've been doing this professionally for over 20 years here in the Springfield area. So if you got a fleet out there, A1 Customs, your folks. But Sarah and I need to step into a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of these uh, fancy cups that keep ice, and there was an interesting story. So Sarah and I are going to talk about that right after the break. Your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. You got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Sarah, I see you are a fan of those. Are they called a tumbler? Is that what like those yeah, cups? Yeah, I, I think that's steel? what you would call it. But I finally broke down and I got myself one of the Stanleys. Mm -hmm. They're real popular right they now. Um, I love it. I didn't know that I would love it so much, mm -hmm. but I do. And uh, it keeps me hydrated. So I think we both saw the video. If yes. anybody out there hasn't seen it yet. Uh, I've seen you using the cup here in the studio for quite a while. And when I saw the video, it was a lady, and unfortunately, her car caught on fire. It looked almost like an interior fire or yeah. engine fire that got into the interior. But she did a, I don't know, like a YouTube or TikTok or whatever. It was a short, you know, 30 seconds or less. And it looked almost identical to the cup that you use pretty much every time we, you know, do a show here in the studio. 
And I'm a fan of those cups. I, I have a lot of them that I've been given promotionally. You know, it'll have Stanley on it or it'll have some other company or whatever. And the moral of this here video out there, if nobody has seen it, but basically her car burnt. And I think it was, if I remember right, she said it was like the next day or whatever. She was trying to salvage whatever she could. And it looked like it was a pretty nice late model car. And it was in her console cup holder, and she grabbed it, and you can hear the ice jingling still inside the cup. That's that's if that's that noteworthy. Is, yeah, if that is not some great yeah. company marketing. So th- that video ended up at Stanley. It looked like the CEO made a, I believe it was, I assume, uh, a video response and said, hey, you know, thank you for glad nobody was hurt. So, you know, the humanitarian side of it, that was awesome. Hey, we want to send you some cups because, you know, hey, you put a great video showing our product of how well and, and uh, how how extreme it holds up to it. But not only, and he said, we'll probably never do this again, which I totally get. But he said, we're going to buy you a new car. Isn't that just neat? It is. And this time of year around Christmas where everybody's yeah. stressed out and running short on this and that, A, to lose your car. Can you imagine? That, right. that would be awful. I believe it happened just like a couple days shy of Thanksgiving. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was right there at the holiday season of Thanksgiving as well. For, you know, a company that I grew up with, you know, we were talking off air, the, the green Stanley ceramic uh, thermoses. My dad had one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure my grandpa, I bet they still both have them. You know, I mean, those things just lasted forever. And he would take coffee in his, or I can remember him putting soup in it yeah. and, and staying hot to where he had, you know, if we're working out off site somewhere. But I just, I thought we should share that. A, you know, we talked here a while back about fire extinguishers in your car. If you can catch it early, I strongly recommend it. Um, I don't know that I'm going to give fire extinguishers this year because I think I did fire extinguishers as many like stocking stuff or gifts to my family last year. Uh, the year before that, I think I did first aid kits from Refuge Medical. I've talked about quite a few times. They're out of Spiral, Oklahoma. Strongly recommend you taking a look at that company because that company is uh, doing some great things with um, what it has. But to see Stanley step up like that and take care of this lady, you know, that's one of those things you kind of reap what you sow. And I I would imagine that lady probably has done pretty well with her life and made some good decisions. Maybe not. Maybe she's dirtbag. I don't know. But I just got the feeling that, hey, she was a pretty good person, and apparently Stanley did as well, and uh, they're giving her a new car or yeah. buying her a new car. That was neat. Yeah, to go from, you know, kind of the extreme of losing an asset like that to, you know, Getting somebody replacing one. it yeah. for you, um, that's a big, big deal. Yeah. I just thought that was pretty amazing. And those cups, they've really caught on. I mean, I'm a big fan of the quality of them. We did look. I think that one is not made here in the States, which kind of bums me out. But maybe Stanley can do something about that later down the road. Bring manufacturing back to America. Amen. Um, But I just thought that was noteworthy, regardless of where that cup's made at. A, the quality clearly is good. And B, the company pays attention to their their customers and yeah. is there for their customers more companies need to be more like that in my opinion i agree yeah all right you want to switch some topics yeah i think you got some some material over there a couple of them i was pretty interested in. okay so i've got something about winter tires or 
vehicles that are going to be dead for 2024. So I know we need to talk about the tires, but I'm real curious because I've not seen that article that uh, they're killing off some of the 2024 model. I got this from uh, Car and Driver. They didn't necessarily explain why some of these vehicles are going out. Some of the companies did go ahead and make statements, but they have quite a huge list of Mm. vehicles that are just either one they were going to manufacture them for 2024 and they've just completely halted or it's vehicles that we are familiar with that they're just saying you know we're going to pull the plug on these okay so the first is the audi tt and tts coupe and convertible Mm, i could see that one the second is the audi r8 coupe and convertible i could see that one it's kind of a good looking car though they are i do like i like the audi audi however you want to enunciate um i do enjoy those cars but the cost of repairs like you gotta you gotta bring your your serious wallet if you're gonna get into those so they it sounds like that for this r8 coupe and convertible they entered production in 2008 and then they decided to redesign the engine in 2017 and it's just been kind of a hot mess yeah. I guarantee a lot of that was emissions related. Yeah, oh, and I the bet. emissions is really causing a lot of li- reliability issues with those cars. The next one that's not going to make it to 2024 is the Chevrolet Bolt EV. Doesn't surprise me at all. No, and it's interesting because they were really, really pushing these, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's not going to make it to 2024. So if I understood it right, the government came out, put a bunch of mandates out there and put a bunch of tax breaks and incentives for these companies to make these EVs. Yeah. And then they pulled the rug out from under them and left them holding the bag. Ford Motor Company is going to lose their rear on this uh F one fifty Lightning mm-hmm. that they're not getting the tax breaks, they're not getting what they need out of that the government said they would get, and they're they're basically leaving them high and dry on this. Which right, the technology is not there, Sarah. You and I have talked about this for years at this point. Yeah, and I know that they also pulled those tax breaks and incentives not only for the dealerships but for those who were purchasing That's them right. as well. Yeah, and even like car rental companies Mm -hmm. as well, because they were told, you know, you have to have X amount of vehicles on your lot Mm -hmm. that are EV related. And then they were like, okay, but just kidding on, on some of those tax breaks. Yeah. That's such a, the next one, Chevrolet Bolt EUV, which mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure what the EUV is. It's extended range. Okay. So some of those, and they call them an EV, but they will put a range extender, which is a small gasoline-powered uh, engine. Oh, we've talked about yeah, this. They're okay. not calling them hybrid, mm. um, which if I was going to do one, you know, I'm not a big proponent that the technology on the battery, I beat that horse till it's... It's definitely dead. But I would go hybrid before I would go EV. But their loophole on some of these EUVs is they'll do a range extender on them with like a two-gallon tank or something. Mm, So if you do get stuck and are out of juice, um, you don't have to put your engine drive generator on the side of the road to charge your EV to get you to a charge station. The next one, which is a name that we're pretty familiar with, the Chrysler 300. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm surprised they're pulling the plug. That's a still a pretty popular car. And 
Another one that they're pulling the plug on, which is, once again, another pretty popular vehicle, is the Dodge Charger. Oh, wow. Now, I know Dodge is making some big changes mm-hmm. over are. there, and I'm not exactly sure what the thought process is. Well, you know, Fiat, if I'm hopefully not mistaken, Dodge has been bought and sold over the last several decades yeah. a bunch. I believe they're owned by Stellantis now. Uh, that, that sounds right. And so each time they get bought out by somebody and somebody and somebody... They basically just get a full rewrite. So when I'm working on some of your Dodges out there, some of them I'm working on Mercedes-influenced transmissions mm, and electrical system. Sense. Some of them I'm working on Fiat, you know, obviously Stellantis. Uh, there for a while, there was like a bunch of billionaires. There's like five guys that owned them privately for a short period mm-hmm. of time. And then, you know, previous to that, you know, it was uh, Chrysler Corporation. So definitely a lot of... Uh, evolutions on those vehicles but before we go too much farther do you think because I was actually having a discussion with my mom I put a set of tires on it on her trailblazer it had 306,000 miles on it and basically I told her hey you know this is probably the last set of tires for this vehicle I mean I'm not saying that it's going to quit because it runs and drives great but 300 and some thousand miles on a trailblazer that's a bunch yeah but so we were kind of mathing it out. You know, she's getting close to retirement age. And I was kind of urging her to buy a new vehicle. So as she goes into retirement, that she can have, you know, dependable transportation, not have to rent a car. Um, her trailblazer is great. But what we talked about years ago was, hey, you know, we're getting close to 300, 250, whatever. This is now a local car. I'm not saying it wouldn't drive to Kansas City, St. Louis, California. Maybe it would. I don't know. I've done a tremendous amount of work to that thing to get it to 306000 But my point is that she doesn't want a car. That was her, you know, like, hey, what would you want? She's like, well, I want another midsize SUV that has some capabilities. And so I'm curious, and I guess I'm springboarding off of that thought process of, you know, Ford dumped all of their cars a few years ago. I think they make two cars now, the Mustang and maybe the Focus. And it sounds like Dodge is going the same way that consumers in America, and that's, I guess, the long way around to ask this question. If you were buying a car right now, Sarah, would you want an SUV or would you look to buy a car? So I was always a car person until I had the little one. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of anti-SUV for a long time there. To me, they were always kind of big and bulky, and I just I wasn't a fan of how they looked. Mm-hmm. But I'm in an SUV right now, and I love it. Yeah. I, I love my vehicle. I'm in a Chevy Trailblazer, mm-hmm. and it's the one of the newer models. And I really enjoy it. I love all of the, the bells and whistles, mm-hmm. but I love the storage. Yes. But I also do see the appeal of, like, a, a car. Yeah. So... I don't think it's smart to get rid of all of them. Right. They're not going to be what they once were, where you look out at Walmart parking lot and it's cars, because I see SUVs and trucks and cars are kind of fading out. So if you got some feedback out there, what, what do you guys want? Are you guys looking at buying new cars or is everybody on the SUV and pickup wagon? Please uh, shoot us a message and let us know. But Sarah and I are down at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to 1041 KSGF. We'll be right back after the break. Your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. You got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Uh, talking about some of the vehicles they're killing off, and I kind of soapboxed on you for a minute. That's so. okay. These vehicles are not making it to 2024. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, the next vehicle on our list, Dodge Challenger. 
Man, I'm surprised about that. I mm-hmm. mean, you look at, that's got to be one of their more popular models out there. And, you know, as as much crap as I fling at Dodge, um, the Challenger and Charger, I really like those rigs. Uh, my boy, if uh, <laughs> if I wanted to be dad of the year, that's what he wanted yeah. was a, a Challenger or Charger. So. so they say that <clears throat> Dodge has no immediate replacement ready for 2024. However, the battery electric Charger Daytona SRT concept shows the brand has plans to eventually fill the Challenger's coupe-sized hole in its lineup. But... You look at the consumers that buy those cars. They're buying those cars for the dual exhaust, yes. the horsepower, the sheer driving exhilaration, if you will. I mean, you look at those folks that have those. Typically, anytime you come into the shop, now, if it's broke, you might not have a smile on your face. But I do a lot of custom exhaust on those cars. And those drivers, they're there for the horsepower. Yep. Not an EV or a speaker-made exhaust system. Exactly. So I think, Dodge, you're, you're missing the boat there for your consumers, and they're going to be disappointed. The next one, and I don't know if I can pronounce this correctly. You might have to help me. It's the Ferrari F8 Tributo. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Uh, you'll know it when you see it. Here's a picture. Hmm. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. like the... Uh, I believe it's pronounced Tributo. T-R-I-B-U-T-O. Uh, you know, uh, I did graduate from Maryville. And, <laughs> whatever. And Somebody's yelling at us, it's the Trubato or whatever. Yeah, something, something. I don't know. That's uh, kind of the James Bond later yeah. you know, iteration of Ferrari. So not surprised at that one either. This one is the, the next one, Ford Transit Connect, which is kind oh. of like a little mini SUV yep. van. I imagine they'll replace that or call that yeah. something different, I would think. Because those, you know, when they got rid of the Econoline van years ago, which is kind of like your go-to work van through the 80s and 90s. I mean, those, I worked on a billion of those for all kinds of companies around the Ozarks here. And when they said they were getting rid of the Econoline, I was like, there's no way. I mean, this is a work van. And then they brought the Transit Connect out. That thing's been a home run in my book. Yeah. Plumbers, electricians, I mean, everybody that, you know, carries some supplies and tooling with them to do service. Man, that's a staple. Yeah. So the person who wrote this article, they're basically kind of making the same point that you are. But Transit Connect buyers are now going to be forced to purchase the Mm full-size Transit, which is a much larger size van, or they're going to be forced into purchasing a compact pickup, especially if you use them for small businesses. Maybe the Maverick, I could see them. Yeah, that's actually what they listed. Yeah. But, you know, I'm a big fan of the full-size Transit Connect for, for us in this part of the country. Yeah. But I didn't always live and grow up in this part of the country. Our folks in our big metropolitan areas, the small Transit Connect for parking and getting around a, you know, very busy, narrow street city. I don't know, Ford. I'm a little disappointed there. But maybe the Maverick, you know, you're trying to boost Maverick sales. I could see that. The next one is the Kia Rio. Now, this is kind of a big deal because mm-hmm. we talked about this probably That's middle of the year. A few, several months ago. The Kia Rio, which was kind of one of those throwaway vehicles, mm-hmm. it was one of the only vehicles that you could purchase brand new mm-hmm. under 20000 yes. And so now they're 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 pulling out of that low, low-end disposable market, and that's going to leave a lot of folks. I mean, that Kia conservatively probably pretty much trouble free to 125 to 150,000 miles. Yeah. So you think about that if you're 
you know, somebody who's getting started in life and you needed a dependable vehicle that basically you just counted on the payment and the insurance, you know, that gives you 10 years roughly of driving that vehicle, probably without a lot of problems. But that vehicle is going to be gone at that price point. That's that's kind of a bummer. I believe there is only one that is under 20000 that you can buy brand new. And I think I, that was a GM, wasn't it? I think it was the Mitsubishi Mirage oh, or something yes, like that. Oh, yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. And that's another disposable car, in my yeah. opinion. So just, you know, enjoy it while you have it, because you're not going to have that thing typically for 30 or 40 years. Now, I've never seen this one before. Apparently, it's been on the market for six years. It is the Kia Stinger. Yeah. It's a good-looking little it car. Is. It really is. They didn't take off like I think they thought that yeah, they would. Yeah, they said that there was not enough U.S. Mm-hmm. buyers that were enamored with it. But it's a it. stylish little rig. Yeah, I mean, that's it's cute. A, yeah. That's a good car. Um, I, You know, Kia and Hyundai have had some engine issues as of late, but I still kind of am a fan of those as yeah. far as the car line. Now, this one, this is kind of an interesting one. The Jeep Cherokee. Wow. I know. It's been on the market for more than a decade. Dang. Yeah. Uh, Chrysler and Dodge or whoever, Stellantis, they're really struggling because they're, they're cutting a lot of their car line out there. Yeah. So they re-resurrected it in 2014. But once again, they are wanting to do a battery electric SUV. Man, uh, good luck to you. You may kill your whole car line diving too far into this battery electric SUV thing. I'm I'm really getting a little concerned about that. I'm keeping my older fleet going uh, until this technology catches up. Am I I anti-battery? No, I'm not. Not at all. I love my cordless tools. I mean, that's a very basic example. Um, they have, they're a game changer and I'm on board and very invested in that. But the bigger scale in these cars, you as a customer are beta testing these EV vehicles and they're going to be worth hardly nothing, in my opinion, uh, by the time the battery and the technology is all used up in them and you're going to have a hard time replacing them. The Chevy Bolt, that is a prime example. When that battery goes bad, last I looked, the battery replacement cost was more than buying the vehicle new. Right. That's yeah. ridiculous, and that just is not real world. So The next one is the Mazda CX-9. Mm. Now, the reason they are getting that is because they have two three-row SUVs already in oh, their line, okay. but they're going to replace it with the 2024 CX-90. Hmm. So it's supposed to... I'm a Mazda fan. They, Are you? They've built some good vehicles. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not a hater on Mazda at all. Um, a lot of their stuff, shockingly, uh, best I am up to date is Ford owns Mazda as the parent company. Oh. And so a lot of their engineering and whatnot, drivetrain, etc., is Ford based and I really like the engineering that most Ford engineers put out there. There's a few of them I'd like to throttle them real good, but uh, you know, for the most part I like how they engineer their rigs. Hmm. Here's another one. Mm-hmm. Mazda MX thirty. Now, this was only sold in California. Well that's I was gonna say I've never <laughs> even worked on one of those that yeah. I know of. So that's it why. is an electric vehicle uh-huh. and they just they did not have enough enough people purchasing well, they it don't have the power grid in california you right. make all these laws and then you know the real world slaps you in the face and says hey fool yeah you know you can't charge all your electric cars because our power grid can't take it yep so it had the appeals of it was supposed to be that it had a driving range of 100 miles on a full charge 
and it was approximately $35,000 to purchase. Mm, so okay, That was a decent... <laughs> 100 miles, though, that's a heck of a limit. You know, there's times I'll drive four, five, six, seven hundred miles in a day. I know. And I'm not stopping every hundred miles for a 30 minute charge. I've never heard of this next one. This must be a rich person car because mm-hmm. I've never heard of it. I'm like, McLaren? Yeah, McLaren. <laughs> I've never heard yeah. of that in my life. Most of those are super, what you would consider a supercar. Yeah. And uh, a lot of high end. I think they're by order only. Um, and you almost got to kind of know somebody to get one, I think. But uh, I don't know. I'd take one, I guess, if somebody give it to me. But uh, we need to step into a break. We got uh, quite a few more cars that you guys are going to miss in 2024. We're going to pick it up on the other side. Through complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right. Welcome back. You got Sarah and Dustin. We're down to the nitty gritty of the cars we are no longer going to see in 2024. Yes. We left off with the McLaren, which I had never heard of you before. You got three or four of those. Yeah. So 720S <laughs> coupe and convertible. <laughs> I wish I... You were telling me a story off uh, during the break. Yeah. And yeah. The maintenance on those cars. Oh my gosh. The changes are thousands of dollars. And, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Something about... And, and this rings a bell. It may not have been McLaren, so don't crucify me, but... They had to, I think it is McLaren, they had to have special tires designed for that car. And I think Michelin is who makes the factory tires. And anytime you need tires, it's like 12 grand or something because of the speed rating and the technology that they had to put in those tires because of the extreme speeds and handling that those McLarens are capable of. So they are a real deal, big time. I'm just trying to figure out how I was going to say, are, you, got, you got like your thinking face I'm on there. Just, I bet I'm they don't. Their, I'm on their website right now. Just I bet trying it's to, a half million dollar car. Oh, I'm trying to figure out how much they are. I bet it's for a, just a run of the mill car. I bet it's 500 to 800,000 if I had to guess. Oh, okay. So the coupe starts at 305,000. Oh, you just write them a check, Sarah. And the convertible is 321,000. <laughs> Woo! You could buy three uh, late model platinum F-250s. You could buy a whole house for that. (laughs) You could buy a nice house for that. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Depreciating asset right there. Goodness gracious. Mm -hmm. All right. Next on the list, Mercedes C-Class Coupe and Convertible, Mm -hmm. which I've heard of those. It doesn't necessarily explain why they are are kicking them off. I guess that they're going to just add to their... I think the C-Class is a bigger vehicle, if I remember right. I bet it has something to do with emissions. I bet they're bigger, more polluting vehicles that they have. They're having to remove them from their roster. Mm, Okay, here we go. The uh, CLE class is going to replace this model. Oh, okay. Yep. CLE. I wonder if that has something to do with a hybrid in there. Um, Okay, so it says the 2024 model year Mercedes will serve more as an analog to the midsize E-class sedan than the compact C-class. Okay. So I guess it's... Basically, if Just I understood that right, their fleet. yeah, and maybe giving a little bit more room to their next vehicles. Mm. Okay, the Mercedes CLS class mm-hmm. that's also getting cut. Dang. And the last on our list is the Mercedes E Class Coupe and convertible. Mercedes, so there you have it. Dodge, Chevy. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know who was not on this list? Who? Ford. Yeah. How they about were that? not on that list at well, I mean, not a one of them. So in in fairness, Ford whacked a bunch of their car line a few years ago and they're good selling cars. The Ford Fusion is one of my favorite cars Ford made. Hmm. 
and they whacked that. They don't make a fusion anymore. So Ford was a little early to this game, I guess. Is is you know the bulk of that was cars. There was a few SUVs on there, but um, they're cutting a lot of their cars in the American market. And so if you're a sedan or convertible fan, you better run what you brung and keep what you got because you're not going to be able to replace those cars. They're going to the crossovers, the SUVs, compact pickups, all that jazz. So. Yeah. I'll make sure to put that list up if you want to take a look at it. Plus, the the author of it, it was from Car and Driver. Mm-hmm. He had some a pretty good sense of humor while he was oh, writing okay. that. Nice. So, yeah, I'll put that up at ksgf.com under the A1 Custom Car Care podcast if you want to check out that list. So, yeah. you had something about tires on there. Yes. Being it's winter. So, this is kind of a longer story, but uh, winter tires are now eligible for a new ice rating uh, certification. Hmm. So, the Three Peak Mountain Snowflake, which is the little badge mm-hmm. yep. they call it the badge of achievement yep. uh, it's been on tires since 1999 tires wear this symbol uh, signified the completion of acceleration testing in medium packed snow where the 3p msf tire is verified to accelerate with at least 110 percent of the traction of an all-season reference tire mm-hmm. now there's a braking test to acknowledge a winter tires ice performance with another sidewall uh, designation have you heard of this? I have not. This is new to me. Oh, okay. So you'll probably nerd out on this I a am. little bit. I am, for sure. So the new ice grip symbol on winter tires separates what delivers excellent traction for acceleration in snow from what's also good at slowing down on ice. Mm. We asked tire rack testing manager TJ Campbell for the skinny, ooh, the skinny, mm-hmm. on the new rating. And this is what he said. The tire industry recognized the need for an identifier that would help distinguish dedicated winter tires from the proliferation of three peak mountain snowflake branded all season tires now the new rating approved by the technical committee at the international organization for standard standardization means winter tires now have an internationally agreed upon test for traction on icy surfaces concerning braking This standard of testing approved in 2021 allows winter tires with an ice grip index of 1.18 or higher. That is 18% more grip than the reference tire to earn a rubber sidewall illustration of an icy mountain peak. For now, we've only seen this new emblem appear on the sidewall of the newest generation studded uh, Nikean. Oh, my gosh. Hakapulu. Am I even close? Do you even know what I'm trying I, to say? I'm not even, I don't know. No, I'm lost. Nokian Hakapalita 10. It's a type of tire. Okay. So I'll take your word for it. It is. And I'll show <laughs> well, And there's a picture of it, too. I'll put the link up, too, mm, in case yes, you can view it on KSGF. They're like, clearly she has no idea what she's talking about. That's okay. That's my entire purpose on this show. <laughs> <laughs> you make me look better. So, basically... Um, it, they, the the uh, the creator of this tire told the uh, U.S. car and driver they use various front wheel driving cars during this test. Mm. Um, they even use the Volkswagen Golf, and they mm. pointed out that the rubber and resins in the specific ice rated tires play better in extremely cold temperatures, mm-hmm. uh, lower than your typical winter tire would. And they expect that this uh, pictograph will start appearing on more tires as companies launch new and updated products in the future. So then they go into tons of detail, which unfortunately I don't think I'm. Ha- 
going to have enough time to read it, but they go into how they test it. They talk about the different types of breakings. They go down hills. They go around corners and they do all of that testing with not only snow, but they do it with ice. Mm. And then they also talk about different uh, safety ratings as well to see if this new ice grip is going to prove that a vehicle will stop sooner when they're in severe snowy conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like this is going to be something if you you said you hadn't heard of it yet. No, so I, I have this a is feeling brand new. I have a feeling this is going to be something that probably rolls across your desk in the next couple of months. So, you know, we've been talking about tire prices forever. And here a few months ago, you know, I knew my mom's vehicle was going to need some tires here pretty quick. And I'm pretty picky because I'm looking for capability as well as cost. But a lot of people just buy tires off of cost. And for what I'm doing or my loved ones are doing or my customers, I really want to know what it is you're doing with the vehicle. So if you're towing a lot of weight, I need to upgrade the load capacity. If you're driving, you know, lots of, you know, snowy conditions, I need to know that. And so, you know, with the price increases of tires over the last several years, I went ahead and before they just kept going up and up and up and up, several months ago, I went ahead and ordered her a set of tires and they've been sitting and, you know, just hanging out. No, it wouldn't hurt nothing. Uh, but I wanted to put them on right before I expected the weather to start and turn. And so one of my go-tos, I have several go-tos. I'm a big Firestone Transforce AT2, HT2, HT3, um, those generations for trucks, but she's got a little Chevy Trailblazer. And so for that kind of stuff, uh, like half ton and below, I'm a huge uh, Hankook Dynapro uh, tire, and that's an all-season, all-terrain, all-weather tire as well. They wear very well, in my experience. Um, you get, you know, definitely, you know, 60, 80, 100,000 miles out of them if you rotate them correctly, keep the inflation correct, etc. And so on hers, I noticed it had all the designations as I was installing them that I was looking for. So I'm basically, you know, stacking the deck so she has the best hopefully stable capabilities that God forbid she get in a situation a that you're stuck that's that's a bad one but b that you can't stop or steer or control your vehicle that's even worse because typically you're doing that to avoid some kind of an obstacle so we waited we got all the life that we possibly could out of the tires that were on it which were an economy cheaper set of tires and we upgraded to a little bit better um, what I would consider higher quality tire to get her through the winter. I am very surprised you've never heard of these tires before. That's what they look like. And I pulled it up. That's that's the pronunciation. I'm not even mm. going to try. I have not heard of those tires. I am not going to attempt to try that so again. So that looks to me like a winter rated tire. Mm-hmm. And I have, for my winter tires, I use a Blizzak mm. is the name of the tire that I pretty much recommend. And I did that because years ago I had a good friend that uh, was a traveling nurse. And instead of buying a beater winter car, she wanted to drive her rear wheel drive high horsepower Hemi. I remember that. And so every winter, I would take her regular tires off and put a set of Blizzaks on the back. And that made a night and day difference for her to get to her in-home health care folks. So if you're coming to see me, um, that tire that you've got there 
on the website there is awesome. It's I, got great ratings, I too. I imagine I could get it, uh, but my go-to, just because this is what I have used and know, is the Blizzak tire. Yeah, and even just whenever you just look it mm-hmm. up, it's got five-star reviews. Man, that's awesome. I can't believe you've never heard of this. You know, it depends on what part of the country you're in of whether you can get some yeah, of that stuff. Yeah, I'm going to have to look up so. where they're popular. I would say Colorado for sure. I went to an alignment school out there years ago. And as I pulled in, I think it was in November, maybe somewhere around there, um, the the signs over the highway were telling people to get their winter tires on their car. They are the second rated best winter tires for not only snow, but for ice. Uh, Michelin is the top one, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's Michelin X Ice Snow. I'll have to look and see who makes Blizzak. I'm not sure if that's a Michelin tire or not. Can you just type in Blizzak over there and see what that comes up so I can at least have a reminder of what it is? Blizzak tire. We'll see. Maybe they uh, got Bridgestone. Like, Bridgestone. Yes. Yeah. See, Firestone, Bridgestone. They make a You're great, great enough. tire, too. So. Well, believe it or not, we are officially out of show. Oh, man. If you're out there and you have questions or comments or you want to make fun of me for how I pronounce that tire, <laughs> feel free to text into our talk and text line. That phone number is 417-447-5743. Or you can reach out to us on our social media. That is at 1041KSGF. Dustin, I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. You as well. Be safe out there. Bye.